So uh, welcome this morning. Uh, we advertised last week that we were gonna continue with our series, The Time Is Now, from the book of Haggai, two whole chapters in the Bible that we were gonna stretch out for three weeks. And uh, we launched that series uh, two weeks ago with a message called The Hard Right about the idea that God calls us to do something and sometimes on the way to doing that, on the journey of completing that assignment, we, we face some opposition. It gets hard and it's easy for us to quit. It's easy for us to let things go. It's easy for us to stop pursuing what God's called us to. And God says, no, choose the hard right over the easy wrong. It was a great message. In fact, it's actually got record podcast downloads. So this morning, I'm hoping to beat my record from two weeks ago with the message I'm gonna share today. But before I get to that, last week, we continue with The Time Is Now, talking about a message we call persevering through discouragement. I've said this before, I'll say it again. The idiot who came up with the cliche, the only two sure things in life are death and taxes, is a moron. He hasn't lived for more than two seconds because there's a whole long list of things that, that are sure things that you and I will go through in this life. And discouragement is one of them. And so we preached about persevering through discouragement and what that looks like, which by the way, the podcast downloads for that are catching up with the one from the week before. The week before got a head start, but I'm sure it'll catch up. But today, today's gonna overtake them because here's the thing. We, we announced we were gonna preach and teach about the third week of The Time Is Now from the book of Haggai, a message called The Blessings of Obedience. Who likes blessings? Yeah. And I gotta tell you, it sounded like a great message. And Wednesday, I'm tuning in, I'm prepping, I'm praying, I'm reading Haggai, I'm writing out notes, I'm into it, man. And I'm, and I'm going, I'm about halfway through my prep and I just wasn't feeling it. I mean, it was good, but I don't wanna stand up here and just teach stuff that's good. I wanna get up here and teach stuff that God wants someone here to hear a word in season. And so uh, I canned that, you know, it's good to be the boss. So we're no longer doing week three of the time is now. But before you sue me for false advertising, uh, let me give you the backstory. The backstory last week is not only was I not getting excited for the, 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 the prep for the time is now week three, but last week teaching about persevering through discouragement, I got a lot of people pinging me about how God used that to pick them off, off the mat again. People who'd been discouraged, someone who even had been in tears the day before, having had several days of being completely discouraged to the point of tears, <laughs> when you know things are getting serious. And they sat in one of these seats and heard God speak to them to show up, do the work, be strong, trust that God's with you and keep doing what God's called you to do. So actually, I was excited about just the idea of doing a kind of part two message of persevering through discouragement. And so I've been prancing around like a boxer all morning. I'm exhausted because of what God wants me to share with you this morning, which is actually a knock-on from last week. And so I'm gonna teach a message called My Confidence is Coming Back. And I am convinced that God is gonna restore some things to some people here this morning. In fact, I already preached a, a miniature version of this message to our team members at 9.30. And some of them thought it was so good that they could just go home at that moment. <laughs> Thankfully, they were only joking about the leaving bit, not about how good it was. 
And we've already had them stand before God and have things restored to them this morning. So before you even pulled up into the core pork, I did a South African wedding yesterday. It's just uh, still swimming around in my head. Sorry, guys, but you can speak South African. I know Zimbabwean. You know, it's just over the border. Um, because here's the thing. The devil cannot take away your calling. The devil cannot take away the things that God has promised you. So here's what he does instead. He tries to take away your confidence because if he can take away your confidence, then it's a higher than likely probability that you will stop functioning in your calling and stop pursuing the promises of God. Joyce Meyer says it this way, a Christian without confidence is like a plane without fuel. All that equipment sitting on the runway with no power to rise above the circumstances. And the reality is that a Christian without confidence should be an oxymoron because the, God, the context of the gospel is all about a confidence that we should have. A confidence that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than anything you can smoke. Jesus is better than anything you can chug. Jesus is better than anything you can snort. Jesus is better than anything you can sleep with. Jesus is better than anything someone has ever said to you. Jesus is better than anything someone is saying about you right now. Jesus is better than your janky, broken home upbringing. Jesus is better than anything. He's the name above all names. And, 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 and because of that, if you believe that, if you believe that Jesus is better, then we should naturally live with confidence. In fact, if you've ever walked away from someone saying that they were preaching the gospel to you and you've walked away feeling like crap, then here's the good news that's gonna help you. You did not hear the gospel that day because the gospel is all about building up, not tearing down. You might say that the gospel is all about elevating you. Speaking of elevate, how about you open the Elevate app, tap on the Bible icon. Nice segue, you like that? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Open up the Bible app and it'll take you to a, a letter that was written to what we collectively now call the Hebrews. Nobody knows who this author was, but we know who the audience was. And the audience was a group of Jewish people who had chosen to follow Jesus. And just as it is with some world religions today, if you make that decision, particularly in some countries, and by the way, we've got people sitting here among us this morning who have made a decision to leave a particular world religion and start following Jesus. And it has been life-threatening in certain circumstances. It's not a 2,000-year-ago problem. It's even a very much a real-world problem today. But 2,000 years ago, this group of Jewish people had chosen to follow Jesus. And because of that, they were losing friends. 
Because of that, they were losing possessions. Because of that, they were losing jobs. Because of that, they were losing things. And in the course of losing things, they were starting to lose their confidence. And so the writer of this book of Hebrews wrote a letter to them all about reminding them to to not let go of their confidence. And here's what he said, chapter 10, verse 19. We'll put up the screens if you haven't got our app yet. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. He's talking about a present tense. They were, they were having a crisis of confidence. They were starting to lose it. And he's reminding them, hey, we've got it. Don't let it go. And, 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 and they would have understood the context of this because they were Jewish. He talked about this holy place. I'll come to that in a moment. But let me ask you a question. How many of you have a phone? iPhone, Android phone, I don't care, but a phone. How many of you have a phone? Okay, good. How many of you are using that right now? And by the way, the answer is you bloody better not be. All right, good. Uh, oh, oh, I mean to make calls. No, you're not using the phone. It's a computer. You're using the app. <sighs> All right, I get it. That's pretty good. I get that. I'll pay that one. I'll give you up that one. See, sometimes... We think we need to get more confidence and yet the writer of Hebrews is reminding us, no, we instead, we already have it. It's not about getting it, it's about remembering to access it, remembering to use it because just because you have it doesn't mean you're using it. He goes on. The reason he gives as to why we have confidence to enter the most holy place is by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living better way opened up for us through the curtain that is His body. And again, he's writing to people that grew up in the Jewish faith and they would have understood precisely what this whole thing means about the most holy place and through the curtain that is His body. Let me explain it to you who likely weren't brought up, most of you, in the Jewish tradition. They lived in what was referred to as the temple system, that people would go to meet God and worship God at the temple. We talked about that the last two weeks. That was what God sent Haggai to remind people to rebuild God's temple. In the temple, the architecture was very important. First of all, by the way, when people went to the temple, they were required to bring animal sacrifices. And those animal sacrifices would be, would be killed. Uh, you, know, you bring them live, kill them in the temple, and, and then that blood would be used to be in exchange for your sins. Now, he says that we've got a new and living way, a better way. And I know it's better because I was watching as some of you drove down the, the driveway this morning to pull in. None of you had oxen strapped to your roof rack. None of you had pigeons in a box in the back seat. None of you had a lamb meh, uh, knowing that, 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 that he's breathing his last breaths. You see, you see, you could just turn up and offer yourself as a sacrifice, offer your worship as a sacrifice. It's new, it's living, it's better. Here's another thing that they would have understood, that when you bring the sacrifices, it wasn't you that sacrificed, it was actually the high priest. It was, this, it was the, the, the guy and only the guy that God let, because here's what happened. There was a curtain, floor to ceiling, wall to wall, and God lived in a box behind the curtain in what was called the Holy of Holies. This was holy, but this was the Holy 
of holies and God lived in a box. And the only person that was allowed to go through the curtain to go and present the sacrifices over the box to sprinkle the blood was the high priest. But it wasn't a job that everyone wanted because he had to go through ceremonial washing and cleansing and prayers and get himself ready. He had to walk in a certain way. And if he didn't, if he got one of those little things wrong when he was in the curtain, bam, zap, dead. God killed him. In fact, the, the, the high priest had a rope tied around his ankle so that if he didn't come out, no one was allowed to go in. They would just drag him out because he's obviously dead. You're still in there, Johnny? Oh, man. We have a new and better way. Now, none of you, when you came in today, ran the risk of God striking you dead. It is true that our team members think those of you who are serial latecomers should have some form of punishment associated with your dishonouring behaviour, but it's not death that they're wishing for you. It's a little bit of conviction of what truly matters. Shall I keep going with that? (laughs) Don't tempt me. A new and living way, Jesus is better. And so then he goes on to instruct them about three, about ways to keep your confidence. And I'm gonna drill into three. And as any good preacher would do, they all start with C, which means it's from God. The first one he talks about is conscience. And he says this, since we have a great priest, no longer the dude with the rope, Jesus, over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance, aka confidence, that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us, see, no longer the priest with the blood, it's now Jesus' blood cleansing us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And this is what the writer of Hebrews knew, that it's hard to have confidence when you have a guilty conscience. And it's possible that some of you sitting here today have violated your confidence and by violating your confidence, it's caused you to lose, by violating your conscience, it's caused you to lose your confidence. Some of you can't look certain people in the eye in this point in your life because of something you're hiding from them. Some of you walk around a room or a social setting because of somebody that you can't yet forgive. And and your guilty conscience is causing you to lose your confidence. And here's the great paradox. (laughs) The only way our conscience can be cleansed is by entering God's presence. But yet the fact that we walk around with a guilty conscience for too many people prevents them from entering God's presence. Yet the only way we get cleansed is by entering God's presence, but the very thing we need to get cleansed from is preventing us from entering God's presence so we never get cleansed. And so our guilty conscience that keeps us from entering God's presence, which is the only place we can have our conscience cleansed, never gets cleansed. Guilt and shame keep us from drawing close to God. And here's the thing, I want you to understand this. If you don't, and listen to anything else I say this morning and, and you better. I want you to hear this. 
Guilt and shame are not from God. I hope that's breaking news for some of you this morning and I hope it's actually break free news for some of you this morning. Guilt and shame are from the devil. But that doesn't mean that God lets, wants you to just keep on doing the stupid stuff that's caused you to feel guilty in the first place. He has a new and better thing that He throws out there when you do dumb stuff and I do dumb stuff. It's not guilt and shame, it's conviction. And when you read His Word and by His Holy Spirit, He will show you certain things in your life that He wants you to stop doing. And so how do you tell the difference between guilt and shame, which, are the, which you experience from the devil as a result of doing dumb stuff, compared with conviction, which you feel as a result of doing dumb stuff, but isn't from the devil, they're from God. And they're not close cousins and they're not replicas. This is better. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you how you know the difference is what do you feel motivated to do next? Do you feel motivated to stay down, lay down? That's what guilt and shame does. Knock you down, keep you down, take away your confidence. The reason God convicts us isn't to knock us down. He shines a light on the stuff, yeah, but it's to help us see it so we can turn around. It's for restoration. It's to see us have a change of direction. But we don't change direction and then go and meet God because of what Jesus did. We get to meet with God first because it's His blood that washes us clean. And then empowered by Him with this conviction, we walk with His power to turn around. One of the reasons the gospel is called the good news is because Jesus allowed you and me to come on in to the presence of God. He says, yeah, I know what you did when you were 17, <laughs> but come on in, let's get it sorted. I know what you did last summer, but come on in. Let's you and I, we'll get this thing sorted. I know what you did yesterday, so come on in. Let's get this thing sorted. I know what you're thinking right now, so come on in. Let's get this thing sorted. It is a new and living way. Jesus is better. And then the writer talks about community. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And by the way, I've met some Christians that I wish they would give up, in the habit, give up the habit of meeting together and bloody stay home because they're bad, bad, bad billboard for Jesus. But if we're the sort of people, the sort of church that are known and characterised by spurring one another on towards love and good deeds, then get in here regularly, be a part of community, encouraging one another. You have to follow Jesus for yourself, but you can't effectively follow Jesus by yourself. And I've had some people call BS on that statement. Oh yeah, Jesus is all I need. 
And I say to them, me too. And guess what? He set up this thing called the church. And he calls the church his body. We are the body of Christ. And because we're the body of Christ, if you believe Jesus is all you need, then get into his body. Face palm. And the writer of Hebrews, as I said, was writing to a people facing opposition for their new faith. And you and I, as we pursue Jesus, we will face opposition because of our faith. You will have people that won't understand your kingdom priorities. You're, you're, you're ducking, telling your parents that you give your first 10% of what you earn to God because you know they'll kill you. You're gonna turn up, some of you are gonna turn up to work tomorrow and your friends as they do will ask, so how's your weekend, what you do? And some of you were at a wedding in Mandra yesterday and, and you're gonna tell them that you're at a wedding and, and a wedding reception in Mandra and they're gonna ask you all the av- a- typical average s- s- ignorant Aussie questions. Oh, so how was it, mate? Did you get drunk? Did you get drunk? Did you get drunk? And you're gonna say, here's what I did. I had a little glass of wine. I had a little bit of champers for the toast. And that was it. And they're gonna say, well, what, wasn't, wasn't the booze free? Yeah, booze was free. So watching you drunk, mate? You're an idiot, mate. You're missing out, mate. No, no, you're missing out on Sunday if that's what you do on Saturday. And I left at 10 p.m. and I drove home, which by the way, I don't need many excuses to get out of Mandra. I drove home, <laughs> drove home so that I could be up at 6.30 the next morning getting my serve on at Elevate Church. Some of you have got friends that think you're missing out because you're not sleeping with your boyfriend and girlfriend. And by sleeping, I don't mean sleeping. And these aren't evil people. See, and this is where it gets tricky. These aren't evil people. If they were, it would be easy to just stiff arm them and walk away. They're not evil people. Often they're actually people close to us. What they are though, is people that don't share and understand your kingdom priorities. And therefore you need some other people. You don't have to cut them off. Sometimes you do. You don't have to always cut them off, but you have to make sure you've got some other people who share your kingdom priorities and when you say you didn't get drunk, didn't sleep with that person, didn't snort that, didn't, didn't smoke that, didn't stay out till that uh, time of the morning, people in your world that say, good choice, wise decision, well done, proud of you, encouraging one another, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. Eight years ago, I got, I got ousted from a church that I was leading in Adelaide. And uh, the result of that is uh, we lost our home, uh, we packed up a suitcase each. We put our other uh, worldly possessions into a, into a shipping container. That and, and and we put Louis put a suitcase in our car. I put a suitcase in our car. I put my bicycle over, over the suitcases in our car, and that was it. 
And we, and we had to make a decision. Do we drive, do we turn left and drive back to Perth where we have family and friends and free accommodation and home-cooked Italian food? And, 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 or or do, we, do we drive? We had some friends in Melbourne that offered for us to come and stay a short time with them. So, so do, we, do we get in our car with our suitcase each and turn left for Perth or turn right for Melbourne? And you know what? On the surface, Perth would have made the most sense. We wouldn't have to have paid for anything because we didn't have any income in the next chapter of our lives. And, and we knew that, that that on some levels would have sounded like the wise choice to make, but we drilled down deeper and we realised that would be the worst thing that we could do. Because if we'd come back to Perth, having just been ousted, Louis' family who knew the people that fired me, would have flown to Adelaide and some of those people would have woken up with a horse's head in their bed (laughs) the very next day. But not only that, they would have stirred us up. We were hurt, we were broken. We, 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 and they would have stirred us up. Those people did this to my daughter, my son-in-law. Man, how could they do it? And they would have, and Louis knows that she would have been like, yeah, 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 give me the horse's head. I'll put it in their bed. <laughs> and, and you know what? Oh man, you know, it was tempting. So Revenge doesn't solve nothing. What we needed is we needed some other people who were gonna spur us on to love and good deeds, encouraging one another. And so we turned right and we, and we went to Melbourne for six months. You need some other people. But here's the thing. It's not just other people. It's not just people that cause us to lose our confidence. <laughs> some, some of you have thrown away your confidence because of the committee meeting that's taking place in your head. Because sitting around the committee table in your head are some of the usual suspects. There's the committee member who represents past experiences. Oh yeah, yeah, God's called you to serve in the youth ministry, invest into high school kids. Well, don't you remember what you were like when you were a teenager? And if those kids found out, you'd just be called a fraud. Hmm, hmm. There's the committee member that represents self-loathing. Oh yeah, yeah, God's promised you a great destiny that you're gonna be someone who serves Him and sees His kingdom built. But uh, don't you remember just yesterday when you looked in the mirror and you didn't like what you saw? And How could God possibly use someone like that? So, so I vote no. There's the committee member that represents doubt. Well, I know God's called me to it, but sorry. I know God's, this committee member, I know God's called you to it, but <laughs> as if you. So you need, by the way, don't have committees. We don't have committees at Elevate Church because we're trying to actually get stuff done. We don't take votes. We try to listen to what God's saying and, and, and use wisdom of, of leaders and team members. We don't allow anyone in our meetings to say, uh, can I just uh, play devil's advocate for a second? You're not here to play devil's advocate. You're here to play Holy Spirit's advocate. Yeah. 
The devil, can, he can speak for himself. Don't help him. And then there's a third thing that the writer of Hebrews said that's gonna help people keep their confidence. It's a consistency. Do these things all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, in January, after Serena Williams won her 1,000th Grand Slam title, she was at the press conference. I don't know if any of you saw this. She was at the press conference. And the media asked her, uh, one of the media asked her, um, so Serena, uh, how, how is it that you deal with, with all the pressure of performing at the top level? Uh, and, and, and she answered the reporter, well... I've played a lot of tennis. So if you ever see somebody who's walking around with a lot of God-infused confidence, ask them where it comes from and how they got it and how they've kept it. And here's what they're gonna tell you. Well, I've prayed a lot of prayers. Well, I've read a lot of Bible verses. Well, I've opened my ears and heart to a lot of messages from the preacher. Well, I joined an Elevate group and I made that a priority. I got people around me. I turn up all the time. Well, decided to serve and not just consume and join an Elevate team. And then he said this, remember those earlier days after you have received the light when you, when you endured a great conflict full of suffering I'll tell you from the outset, it's not a good idea to spend your life looking back. So, so why would the writer of Hebrews tell us to remember those earlier days when they had conflict before and they got through it if we're not meant to look back? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me show you. I'm gonna need three volunteers and by volunteers meaning I'll volunteer you, Jordan, uh, uh, Reese and Stewie, all guys bigger than me. I don't have any insecurity issues. Come up the stage. It's really, I really don't. All right, come up the stage. Okay, you can be, okay, you can be there. Uh, Reese, you, you, okay. You can be here. Can be, you can be here. Yep, okay, there, yep, yep, yep. Actually, Jordan, let me get you, this is great podcasting. Let me get you over here and Stewie. Uh, best for last, let me put you here. Don't fall off. There, there. <laughs> this is you right now in this moment in history. You're here. Jordan represents you, a bearded, lumbosexual version of you, <laughs> but you, okay? <laughs> and you're standing there and you can see the person that God's called you to be. 
right in front of you and you can see where God has called you to be. It's right in front of you. But you can't reach it yet. I'm not where I wanna be. I'm not who I wanna be. And if I'm only focused on where I'm not and who I'm not, you can have a crisis of confidence and throw away your confidence and this is all you're ever gonna be. This is the only place, don't even think about moving. This is the only place you can ever get to and you'll get stuck. You'll get stuck in the wilderness. Does this sound familiar to anybody who's been tracking around here for 2017 so far? This is where God's called you to go. This is who God's called you to become and you can see it. But it's actually the very fact you can see it, but can't reach it, that's causing you to consider throwing away your confidence. And so the writer says to you, remember those earlier days after you'd received the light. And so here's the thing, the writer wants you to remember those earlier days. You're focused on who you're not yet, where you're not yet. Well, I probably won't get there. I probably can't get there. I wonder if it's ever gonna happen. It's okay, I know a good physio. And, uh, and so what's this bit of advice all about? Well, here's the thing, it's real simple. What? No, don't even think about that. And that's the mistake. The mistake in trying to remember is to look back. Don't look back, because that's not where God's calling you to go. But so how do you remember? Well, if you hear January 1 and listen to podcasts, you're already at the top of the class because here's what you do. You look forward and you point back and you point back saying, saying to yourself, saying to the devil, thanking God. Yeah, okay, I'm not yet where I'm going to be. I'm not yet who I'm gonna be, but I'm certainly not where I was. I'm certainly not who I was. Look how far I've come. Look how far God's brought me. And if God's brought me this far, then I'm damn sure He's gonna be able to bring me this far. And so I'm not gonna stop here. I'm not gonna throw away my confidence. I'm gonna keep reaching. I'm gonna keep pursuing. Because when I think about throwing away my confidence, I point back and I say to myself, don't even think about looking back. I say to myself, man, the same God that brought me this far can take me this far. Capiche? Thank you. How about you thank our three... And in, and in conclusion, the writer says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. I told you this was part two from last week. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He's promised. It's gonna take a little while. but be confident that he who is coming will come and will not delay. See that top line that we highlighted in Elevate Blue? He's reminding us that no one can take away your confidence. The devil can't take it away, but he can sell you some lies that'll cause you to throw it away. And because it's you that's throwing it away, here's the good news. It's you that can take it back. Those uh, blessed people that use an iPhone like me are aware that there's a feature on it called Find My iPhone. And so if you absentmindedly lose your iPhone, you can go onto another device and log on 
something that you haven't lost, something that's secure, something that you can, as a starting place, and you can get your iPhone back. And so, uh, sorry about that, Android people. And so, um, Google will copy it soon. And, um, and so right now, for those of you that have thrown away your confidence, and I've already prayed this for our team members, for those of you that have thrown away your confidence, I'm gonna give you an opportunity now to take it back. So for those of you that wanna take your confidence back, and it might be just in one area, but it might be in five areas. It might be so overwhelming that you've lost count of how many areas you've thrown away your confidence in. How about you stand up right now and I'm gonna pray for you as you take back your confidence. And no one's gonna have their eyes closed. We're not that sort of church because we're actually, when you're standing up, we're not judging you and saying, oh, oh, couldn't make it, huh? Couldn't cut it, huh? Now we're standing, the people that are sitting aren't sitting because they're better than you. They're sitting right now praying for you encouraging you, proud of the fact that you, I get asked it sometimes, well, how come you don't ask people to close their eyes when they're, okay, because I, I want to see, I want us to see who's doing it so that we can go and give you a high five and hug you and pray for you. And <laughs> we, we, while, while you're standing, we're, in, we're cheerleading. Cheerleading with your eyes closed, who's winning? I don't know. Which team are you barricade for? It doesn't matter. Can't watch. This, I, I don't want this to be corny and I, I've already done this with our team members. I don't want this to be corny, but I want you to raise your hand up, those people that are standing. I want you to raise your hand up and I want you to raise your hand up. This is symbolic. There's nothing magical about it. It's not witchcraft. But I want you to remember, I want this to be a day you remember as the day you took your confidence back. And, and the more you do, some of you, this is the first time you've raised your hands past your belt loop in, 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 in church before. See, you can do it. You're, you're saying to God right now, I'm taking my confidence back. You're saying to the devil right now, I'm taking my confidence back. Those lies that you sold me, I've been reminded this morning by God that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than my mistakes. Jesus is better than my broken home that I grew up in. Jesus is better than my failed relationship that, that I'm still hurting from. Jesus is better than my challenging circumstances that I'm going through right now that have caused me to throw away my confidence. Jesus is better than the health issue that I can't seem to get over. And the devil's told me I'll never get over it, but I'm taking my confidence back that Jesus is better than anything and everything, that He's the name above all names. And I'm leaving this building. I'm leaving this building with my confidence back that even though as I walk out this door, some of those same circumstances will not have changed, but I've changed. God's done something in me. God's restored something in me. He's restored my confidence. He's restored my faith. He's renewed my strength. The, the calling that He put on my life and the promises that He's spoken for my life, I'm, I'm gonna get back to pursuing them. I'm not where I wanna be. I'm not who I wanna be, but thank God I'm not who I was and I'm not where I was. And because I've been reminded by that, I'm, I've got my confidence back here this morning. February 19, 2017, our breakout year. You're gonna run the race from this day forward 
10.59 a.m. I never go over time with new and renewed and restored confidence in Jesus' Name. I pray, amen. Fantastic. <laughs>